You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of The Process. Hey, how you doing? Welcome back to The Process, where the process is greater than what it produces. It's your boy, again, Sean Barber, 10-year NFL vet. And man, we're here with KCSN, one of our content, uh, a collection of great alumni who is part of KCSN is also Dustin Colquitt, man, former punter here with the Kansas City Chiefs, former teammate of mine, Tennessee's, man, I know he's on the Hall of Honor, the Wall of Fame and everything else in Tennessee, but he's my, one of my close friends. Uh, man, we just miss him in the community, so I had to get him back on at the end of the season to talk playoff Chiefs football. But before we get to him, obviously, man, let's pay some bills. The McGinnis Group, man. Yes, I am the vice president of business development for the McGinnis Group. And we specialize in employee benefits, health insurance for companies, um, retirement and financial services. The insurance group of the future, man, you need to be a part of this. You need to be friends. You need to find somebody that's part of this team, T-E-A-M, together, everybody achieves more. So find Scott Soxie, Matt McGinnis, or... Sonny Fouts, and be a part of the McGinnis Group as we get a chance to, in the new year, examine your current insurance packages and benefit packages and see how we can bring you to the future, man. Come on to the 24th century and be a part of the McGinnis Group. We're doing some big things uh, with Matt and the company. So without further ado, man, listen, I know everybody who's logged on. This is the end of the season. we got the playoffs coming. But before we do that, man, I got to do a quick introduction. My man is my dog, man, Dusty Bridges, Deuce. He goes by a lot of different nicknames. Uh, man, Dustin Cole, quick, man. Who is the who, the what, and the where, man? Who are you? What are you doing now? And where can people find you on social media? Yeah, so Deuce. I've been called a lot of names. Uh, Coconuts. Coconuts. Uh, I mean, I, I'll, I'll keep going, going just on those. Uh, I was very fortunate to play with you in your 10th season, my first, with no other than Dick Vermeil. You can argue that you brought all of this down from Philly and is why we are having all these Super Bowl successes because everything that we have brought from Philly has been good. I will say that. Thank you. So I, I got I got to punt there from 20, uh, 2005 to 2020 Super Bowl in Miami where we put the hammer down on the 49ers, which was awesome. Um, right now, I'm currently... Uh, consulting and coaching the kickers and punters and on the special team staff at the university of Tennessee go balls ball for life, baby go balls. And, um, the last, the last thing you can find me at KCSN. Um, I started doing a podcast last super bowl. I can argue that I had something to do with that at David Keckner, one of the best fictitious, Sports anchors that the world has ever known and anchor man love David Jack. Great, great advocate for Kansas City and all things Chiefs. Um, and I have been writing for the last year, uh, actually since March of last year, just working on uh, launch date and seeing if I if I can't just kind of get this hang time with me up and rolling. I like it. Man. Any possible chance of you uh, writing memoirs? Like uh, when you say writing, are you talking about like an autobiography? Uh, yeah. Put that in your future too? The other thing that I am working on, if you, I would have already 
contacted you if you were evolved for life, um, but is a book called Give Him Six. Give Him Six, uh, for any of you uh, that, that aren't familiar with the program, is John Ward, one of our famous uh, game day announcers. Uh, he was so much fun. He's like the voice that we have, which I love, Mitch. What's up, Mitch? Yes. Um, and John Ward, anytime Reggie Cobb or any of our great backs would take off, bust through the line, he would give you every five yards. So, I mean, it, was be, it would be like 40, 45, 50, 45, 40. He would go all the way down. And, he, and then he'd get into the 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4. I mean, anybody that was any kind of visually impaired or didn't want to cue into whoever was announcing the game on Fox or CBS or whatever, cued into John Ward. So that was his thing, give him six. It's going to be kind of like a picture book, but also uh, the the guys that I'm including in this book, um, like the Jason Wittens, Peyton Mannings, yes. uh, Al Wilson, uh, John Henderson, these guys will be able to pick their favorite picture of their time on Rocky Top and uh, write a little uh, a brief description of them and their time there. And before it would be done by Bob Kessling, the current Mitch, like uh, in Kansas City. Man, I love that story, man. Obviously, man, listen, this is going to be a treat for our listeners, all of our followers, because usually, man, it's a it's an alumni who's in town, and we, we, we talk about what just happened last week, what's going to happen this week. And this is a playoff edition, man. It's playoff football. I don't know if you've heard, but the, the, the tickets at Arrowhead are going for, like, nickels on the dollar right now. I mean, you can get an Arrowhead for about $50 for a playoff football game. It's not thousands of dollars of what it was when you played. It's $50 get you into Arrowhead this weekend, this Saturday night. Obviously, it's going to be in the middle of a very uh, a cold front that's coming through. They're looking at temperatures in the minus something, minus 10, minus 15 range. Um, thinking about playoff football, I see you, you, you just now had a cup. Let, let me see that cup again. The C is for cold. Quit. Okay, for the playoffs, that C is for cold as balls. Because um, it's going to be really cold. <laughs> it's going to be so cold. Uh, at Arrowhead, but uh, I'm I'm gonna be there, man. Listen, I know a bunch of you. See, I got my alumni jacket on, my legends jacket. So, listen, the the, the legends are gonna be there. Like we we know that mindset, um, your, your mindset going into a game, the the preparation for playoff football, win or go home. We need everybody to be in the stadium. So, um, like, listen, man, we know it's gonna be a great atmosphere. There's never been an atmosphere in playoff football here in Kansas City that hasn't been monumental. So. I just go back and kind of uh, recap maybe what are some of your thoughts about this game that's going on this weekend as we take on the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, definitely. You know, this is uh, – I, I do everything for a reason, and uh, Nastalia Cherry made this. You probably know her. She's a great little hoodie maker here in KC. The last time that I wore this hoodie was the AFC Championship before that we won. Went to the Super Bowl, punched our ticket. The time before that, and the reason why I'm wearing it today – is because we beat the fish. They came up to the the one of the lowest temperatures in Arrowhead Stadium history, mm. and they beat us. And that is not happening again. I I'm super pumped about them coming up. It's going to be to our advantage. One being at home, being at Arrowhead, that has been one of the toughest places to play in the league for the past what seven eight years now. Yes. Um. And man, I I I'm. It's going to be tough. It, it's, it, it always it always does. Chiefs fans make it hard. 
I always look back to those old Bronco games where they're telling us to be quiet before you could before it was a thing. But crowd noise, you could quiet down now. It's just not happening in there. Um, I'm not sure what the deal is with the tickets. I'm sure that I'm sure what they're doing is they're going to warm up as much as they can in front of their grills, eating their barbecue, drinking their Boulevard products, but they're going to fill that stadium up when it comes down to it. Man, listen, I just know as they prepare, we see, uh, you know, you see little snippets in the media about the team going out for practice. And it, even even right now, it's, you know, it's about 20 degrees here, 20 to 25 degrees here in Kansas City. And the guys are super bundled up. They're going out there, getting their work done. They're getting their practice done. Uh, I think about the days when I played. I think about one of the coldest games. I think I was in Philadelphia. It was a playoff game versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Rudin came up. Um, it was cold. It was, it was, but the mindset of, of most guys, I think, as you can, you know, from from being one of my teammates, is that we look at each other and it's like, man, like I can't let my opponent know I'm cold, right? So I'm not wearing no sleeves. I'm all I got the Vaseline. I got the guns out. Uh, no tights. I got my, my 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 jersey tucked up like I'm in college, and I'm out there warming up, getting ready to play the game. But every time I have a chance to get in front of that heater, I'm like sitting, like. Indian style in front of that heater trying to warm up every ounce of my body before that 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 hawk that wind uh, just takes my core body temperature back down to like zero so um, the heating units they have on the sideline right they have the uh, the benches the heating benches they have the, the things for your feet the the platforms for your feet to warm up the finger holes for your your hands the helmet right warmer upper thing the thing that pops out the top that you put your helmet on to keep your helmet nice and warm. So light years from my playing days. Um, but yeah. When you, yeah. Yeah. It's and to your point. It's in, and too, we're, we're in Kansas city for those who don't know when they built those, those Ford boxes back there, it pushed up every, everything which blocks the sun and you already have winter solstice coming through. So when that, when that sun goes back, everything freezes in that corner of the end zone where the tunnel is, where the players mm-hmm. come down. So our bench is totally in the is is in the shade where the opponent is is heated up. I think one time in the Chiefs history, they wanted to flip it just to gain advantage. They lost the game, and we've always stayed on that side since. So the the, the hardest thing about those benches that you're talking about with you know linebackers and receivers and quarterbacks, anybody trying to warm up, is you guys you have guys like me burning their spandex pants on those heaters, sitting there the entire game. We actually go out sweating. I remember in that Miami game, I was actually down in the film room right there at the 50-yard line tunnel with the yes, cops. They had made chili. And I was like, I've been in here, I think, 17 minutes. I feel great. Go outside. I had to pump one time in that game, mind you. And and if you remember how many people got taken out of the stadium that day, I remember reading. If I'm a big reading the paper guy, the, I can't do the fun thing. I, I still got to read papers. 85 people were taken to the hospital for exposure that day. And I'm not talking about shrieking across the field. I'm talking about the elements, yeah. didn't drink enough beer, eat enough barbecue, and they were in the hospital. Well, listen, we one thing we're going to make sure is that all the fans are per, uh, properly prepared, hydrated, uh, a lot of tailgate, like you said, a lot of beer from Boulevard, a lot of uh, 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 whatever they need to do, uh, hand warmers layered up, um, do whatever you got to do to prepare yourself for the, for this game on Saturday. Like you say, it's a night game, so the temperature is going to be, um, you know, pretty much cold as balls. So we want everybody to prepare themselves. 
Listen, we're going to take a quick break and get back into this playoff scenario when we come back from the break. Once again, I got my boy Dustin Colquitt with us. You're listening to The Process, where the process is always greater than what it produces. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Welcome back, man. You're, you're listening to The Process, the process where the process is always great in what it produces. It's your boy, Sean Barber, 10-year NFL vet. I got my guy, former teammate, uh, currently um, employed with the University of Tennessee Volunteers, uh, helping out with the kicking game and special teams, Dustin Colquitt, who was also a kicker, uh, punter here with Kansas City um, back in my playing days. But he's also a Super Bowl champion with our Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we're talking playoff football right now, Dustin. So obviously, man, I'm I'm gonna almost skip. Well, and you know what? No, I'm not gonna skip anybody. Let's talk. Let's talk about the Ravens. The Ravens rested a bunch of guys in Week 18, knowing they had a bye week in the first round. So we talk about Lamar. Let's talk about the quarterback position. What do you think? You know, do you think that was a smart move, knowing you had the bye week? Because now it's going to be about 20 days almost between the last time he played and now with his win or go home type football and there's always a little you know everything kind of you know ticks up a little bit everything moves a little faster the adrenaline pumps a little bit harder the defense plays a little hard offense everybody's pressing a little bit um knowing you had a bye week is that the smartest move by Harbaugh giving his starters a, a, a week 18 off 
Yes, I, I think so. And the reason why I do is, you know, that that a lot of those discussions are obviously with the the coaching staff, but also it's th- these teams that you're seeing that are revamping their defenses, building their offensive line around a very versatile quarterback, probably the most versatile and best throwing since Michael Vick. Mm. Is what you look at is um, how much cash are they spending, and they're well over that 105 plus cash mark and so they know that hey our best chance of winning that next playoff game is if we got our dude in the game and so you have to protect him and protect all the guys I think that the toughest part about that is when you have guys like you know Jadavian Clowney you got like guys all the way across that defensive side of the ball all that and how do you pick and choose and say you know who's not playing who is you know why am I playing if you know I'm the best receiver on the team yeah and, and they have a, a, a stable full of receivers as well so i think it comes down to you know what gives us the best chance of winning and sometimes it is sitting that last game knowing you're already punched your 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 bye uh for that week it's a long time but you, you know they're going to be ready for sure yeah and then on the opposite spectrum you had the buffalo bills had to go to miami and play miami for their playoff berth um uh, they actually both teams punched a ticket before the game started, but they were still fighting to see who was going to be the number two seed. Uh, now we got the St- Pittsburgh Steelers actually going to Buffalo um, with that seven-two matchup. Um, both teams had to pl- actually played Week 18. Uh, both teams are fairly, as far as injuries concerned, they're they're pretty much almost full strength now. Um, obviously, Buffalo is still missing Milano and and um, the cornerback who's gone for the year, but everybody else seems to be kind of like you know, up and ready to go for him. Uh, Buffalo added um, uh, Leonard Fournette. Um, I think that was the only addition they made at the end of the year. And the Pittsburgh Steelers turned over the quarterback position, turned over the reins to uh, Rudolph. You know, so Rudolph is now, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is, is taking over the offense uh, for Mitch Trubisky and, and you know, we'll pick it. Um, so now they, they've turned it back over to Rudolph and he's actually won three games in a row and got them going, pretty much being a hot team going into the playoffs. So we got two of the hottest teams when it comes to win, you know, winning streaks facing each other when you talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Buffalo Bills. How do you think that game's going to turn out? You, you know, I, I think that's an interesting matchup. And when they went to Mason Rudolph, he, I, I spent about six, seven weeks with him in Pittsburgh during the uh, 2020 season, and he is a very cerebral guy. He's athletic. But he knows he doesn't want to get uh, himself into trouble by making you know errant passes and trying to force things through tight windows. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of reminds me of uh, Matt, uh, who took over when uh, Matt Castle. Um, uh, gosh, I'm losing his name all of a sudden. That was in Kansas City when uh, Patrick went down and extended and got them through those uh, couple games. Matt. Moore. Um, Matt Moore, yeah. Matt and Moore. Thank you. Yeah, Matt Moore. And he reminds me of his uh, a similar game. Uh, the thing that I look at with that matchup is, you know, Buffalo's a tough place to play. The weather is never good there. Pittsburgh's used to playing in that good weather, but I'm really wondering how healthy T.J. Watt is going to be able to come back after getting that hyperextension of that uh, knee just in that, in that game. And, and, and kind of what we talked about with Baltimore is like, hey, when do you play a guy? But Pittsburgh has no chance. Their best shot is lining up in defense, playing some man-to-man, and letting T.J. Watt wreak havoc on their offensive line. So uh, they, he has to play that game, and you see him, him go down like that. And I remember Andy Reid always would say as injuries would creep up and a 
team would creep up on our schedule and we're playing on that week. He said, we want everybody out there. We don't want them to be able to say like, Hey, this guy didn't play or we didn't, you know, we didn't have a shot. We want everybody playing. We want to beat everybody, at every position. And so I, I think that's going to be an interesting matchup. You like Buffalo, man, they are hot or cold though. Yeah. Uh, when I look at how the chiefs have played some this year, we have, uh, I'm not on a coaching staff. I'm a former player, and so I think I'm allowed to say that some of the uh, some of the officiating or whoever has the eyes watching the O and D on certain these calls really went our way in the past. We not so much this year. Not so much this year, and I think that you know if we can turn that page and just say as long as it, it happens again in the off season, like or the postseason, mm-hmm. like it has the last few years. I'm okay with it. If not, I'm not asking, I'm not saying like we need to know these guys' addresses that are calling the game. But what I would like to see is managing that game. If I'm an official, I want to manage the game like everybody knows my address. And yeah, not yeah. that you have immunity to tell them anything. Mm-hmm. We should be able to say, hey, man, you missed that one. Not get a flag or something like that. And you say, hey, just honestly, like, Let's get it right. Yeah, I think the one thing the Chiefs, when we jump into the Chiefs game, uh, the Chiefs have always asked for things to be called both ways. Just whatever uh, a penalty is, let us know early in the game. If you see somebody lined up close, warn us early or flag them early, right? Dude, like make the call early so our players can learn from it so we don't make mistakes in the most crucial time. Every football game is won in the second half in the fourth quarter. So the only thing you want as a coach is when I'm putting out plays in motion, I'm doing all these different things. If I'm doing something that's like borderline, referee, come tell me. Come talk to yeah. me in the first half so in the in the halftime we can adjust to make sure we play as close to perfect football, right, error-free, penalty-free. We want, we, want, we want our skills and abilities to shine. Like Andy would say, let your personality show. We, we, we don't want to hear from We don't want to see no flags. We don't want the refs to make a call either way in the second half because you've, you've, you've done you've done it in the first half. You've officiated in the first half. You let us know what a holding's going to be, what a roughness is going to be, P.I. We, we got all those things done in the first half. So now both teams have an opportunity to play their best ball in the second half and let the best team win. And I think if, if most refs kind of came into games with that kind of mentality, like, you know, we're going to be very vocal. We're going to be – we might call some things early in the game that, you know, maybe we, we wouldn't call later on, but we're going to make it – so you exactly you know where we're coming from. You know exactly the tempo that this game's going to be called. And then in the second half, and as it gets to the fourth quarter, you, we're going to kind of disappear. We're going to disappear yes. and fade off and let you all, like, let the players win the game or lose the game. But it's going to be something done on the field. And it's not going to be, be because of, of a yellow flag coming out of one of our pockets. Right. And I, and I think at this point, everybody everybody is telling their team, like, you know, hey, we, we don't give them anything that they can throw flags on. I mean, in this day and age, we have cameras in the end zone pylons, on the first Same. down markers. Like, we have them everywhere. We should never have an instance where we have an official that pre-snap is already holding his flag. Yeah, That just needs to be like, hey, you know, get him and say, hey, you are offsides. It, it, it can't be called on the fifth time. Yes, right. Now we've, we've, we've established a new line of scrimmage now. That's right. That point where the where the player says, "Well, I've done this all the game." Don't you, you, so, and I agree with you. And it's it's hard. Those guys have a tough job. I used to officiate soccer back in the day. I all year I worked with you know I'm talking to officials about you know knee pads, safety of the game, little stuff like that. And so I get it. It's hard. They miss stuff, and 
the hardest part I think is for me, I remember punting and sometimes I wouldn't punt until the fourth quarter. And so I'm watching the entire game. The, the, the thing that I would like to say is I, I thank officials because that's kind of, it's, one, it's a thankful job. You only hear when you do something bad, kind of like a kicker or a punter. Um, you don't want the game to, to win because of something that you might have miscalled, but also they are, they're like that yellow jacketed security guard in the end zone that can't turn around and watch the game, right? Yes. He's got to stare up at everybody. So he can't actually appreciate the greatness going on. So at the same time, we do appreciate everything they do. We just want to make calls that does consistent, consistent, yeah. consistent. Yeah, it doesn't seem like you have immunity for any kind of criticism. Yeah. So consistency over, we're not looking for perfection. We just want mm-hmm. consistency week in and week out. All right. And the last matchup in AFC is going to be the Browns versus uh, the Houston Texans. Um, definitely. I mean, if you want to start on that, because obviously with, what has gone on with the Houston Texans, D'Amico Ryans, right, first-year coach, former teammate of mine. Uh, we were teammates um, at the Texans. Um, his second year in the league was my last year in the league in, uh, in 2007. Like, I forget which my last, 2000, yeah, seven was my last year um, with the Houston Texans. And so, like, I know him as a great player. I know him as a, uh, man, a pro's pro. He was super obsessed with the, the all the X's and O's of the defense and how to prepare in, in the, the process of going from uh, um, Tuesday putting in the blitz period to by Friday we're putting in the short yardage and goal line and uh, what is the blocking process and the block the blocking schemes on the offense and how do our blitzes attack certain blocking schemes with shifts and motions. So, he, I mean, I know he was super involved and developed at, at, at being the Mike linebacker and having to make the adjustments. And so if there's anybody on the football field who I thought from a defensive side point, we know a bunch of quarterbacks become head coaches, but uh, there's, there's also been a, a little bit of a movement and push for us linebackers. Uh, Antonio Pierce and, and Vrabel and, and now D'Amico Ryans, his first year being um, going to the playoffs, winning the AFC South, and uh, having this Houston Texans ready to have another one of the hottest teams coming in, the, the, the Cleveland Browns. Man, where, where did Flacco come from, bro? Where, 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 did, where, where did he find the fountain of youth at? And that, that's a great question. And and in a town that really Baltimore is probably watching going like, oh, man, maybe we should assign him as a practice squad or a backup quarterback because now we got somebody that knows our yep. system. Yep. And uh, so I think that's definitely going to come into to relevancy here as the, as the playoffs kind of – trip out I, I was in cleveland at the last five games of the 2021 season um had a great time in that city i know how passionate those fans are um and i can see how that is a major storyline with somebody that they used to just absolutely hate and call flanco is now their guy that could extend yes, very good friends with that haslam family i know they're super pumped about you know everything they've been building off the lake there um and man, that that might be worse weather than the Kansas City. I know that. And when I when I signed there, I forgot to look at the schedule first. And as a kicker and punter, that's like a sin. And I remember we went uh, Cleveland, Cleveland, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Ooh. And buddy, I tell you what, I mean these these bones were not made for that kind of weather. You had your thermal, um, you had your, your heated vest on. They they didn't even have heated vest at that time. I don't think those. Oh, I didn't. I, 
I had a heating, I had a, I had a battery powered heated hunting vest, like nice. underneath my stuff. You got to do that stuff. Um, smart guy. One of the, one of the, and, and here, here's wild, uh, Jadavian Clowney, uh, he's, he leaves Cleveland, goes to Baltimore. We saw that big workout bonus he hit. Congratulations mm-hmm. to him on the eight and a half sacks, I believe it was. Um, and, and man, he's dynamic getting that back in that backfield. The thing about Ryan's that I'd like to point out too is what a great job he's done in Houston and turning that program around from, you know, four or five wins in two seasons to, you know, punching a ticket. Um, is he, I, I know what you're saying, X's and O's and stuff on defense, but man, what, what would be crazy would he would come in with JJ Watt and try to block punts together? Yes. Oh my gosh. And so he understood that line of scrimmage, one, the line of scrimmage. And if we can get a block punt here at home, our percentage of winning that game goes way up. And so yeah. he was one of those selfless guys that said, Hey, I might be a starter, but man, we're going to be on special teams and we're trying to block punts. And I hated going to Houston because of that. Man, that Mamba mindset, man, what is one willing to do to raise his own level of play to help the entire organization? Right. Yep. That, that 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 service mentality, that selflessness, uh, that leadership quality, whatever whatever it takes, whatever I need to commit, whatever I need to sacrifice for our organization to move forward, he has done that as a player and now he's doing it as a head coach. So well listen, we're gonna take a second break. We're gonna we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk really quick about the NFC side of the playoffs, and then we're gonna find out how me and you are doing something together here in Kansas City when we're talking about the we'll we'll we'll, we'll expand on healing monks. Uh, we return for the last segment. So once again, man, this is The Process with your boy Sean Barber. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, and they're bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs electrified. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Looking at that Chiefs and Dolphins game over under set up 44 points. Chiefs favored by four points in that matchup. So go check that out and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can bet just five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus miss expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources all right welcome back here you go this is your boy sean barber with the process the process is always greater than what it produces i got my ace my coon my boom my deuce uh, uh, uh cold quit uh dust nuts i mean a bunch of different nicknames cold, uh, cold, cut, nuts. <laughs> cold cut dust nuts dust nuts i did have a friend okay in school named dusty johnson oh no man Dustin Johnson, like, he can have no friends, no girlfriends like, with Dusty Johnson. Dad, huge, and you're going to call him Dusty Johnson. Come on, man! It's the <laughs> only word that doesn't, the only name that doesn't work with that. Oh man, we're going to jump into the NFC playoffs uh, real quick. Obviously, the 49ers got the one seat. 
Um, the first game, obviously, we got the Cowboys. Cowboys got um, who they got coming. The Green Bay Packers are actually playing uh, at the at Dallas. Uh, I saw somewhere over the last ten matchups, the Green Bay Packers are nine and one against the Dallas Cowboys. So I don't know, man. The, the Dallas has had a good run this season. Dak has been Dak. C.D. Lamb has come from nowhere uh, in the last second half of the season to become, I think, number one in all the categories as far as receiver. Uh, definitely the top receiver in the league this year, C.D. Lamb. Um, so what do you think the chances of uh, Luck, Jordan, Luck, Jordan Love uh, going into Dallas and getting a win against the Cowboys, who are playing – they've been playing lights out at home. Now, one thing the Dallas Cowboys have been doing is playing well at home. They've been defending that star. Uh, so what do you think about that matchup, Dustin? Yeah, I think, you know, when you look at Jordan Love, I mean, you you have a situation where a super athletic quarterback, very cerebral kid, too. He can take off on his feet. He can kill you in a million different ways. And, you know, those the the the, the Packers-Cowboys uh, rivalry that I remember and their ability to beat the Cowboys when needed kind of rests on the, the, the shoulders of two quarterbacks yeah. in the last 30 years, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. And Brett Favre. Favre. Yep. Um, now, Brett Favre w- threw a lot of interceptions and stuff. Aaron Rodgers really managed the game, but also could just kill you. He could make every throw in the book, just like Mahomes. Yeah, um, and so with Love, I think it's going to be very, very difficult. You know, Parsons, right, uh, is on the edge roster over there uh, with the Cowboys. Kenny, Kenny. Can he manage that? Can the can the uh, can the Green Bay Packers line? They're 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 missing David still, right? Bakatari still out. Yeah. Um, and I'd love for that guy to get healthy and to, just to really see actually how how high this Green Bay Mountain that Love can climb. And I think that, that that's going to be an integral part of getting him back and healthy to really see how how good this young kid could be uh, uh, playing for the pack. Um, I always love the storied franchises. Um, you know, with the, the Dallas Cowboys, the Green Bay Packers. I mean, those are two huge NFC storylines and, and and storied franchises that have steakhouses named after them and America's team. Like they're they're donned as like uh, a Manchester United type over in London. So I'm looking forward to that matchup. Um, obviously, uh, and we'll see what happens. This is like the new era of it. You know, you see, like you, you mentioned, C.D. Lamb earlier. And Dak, when 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 those guys are on time, that reminds me of like the Eddie Kennison, Trent Green. When those guys were on time, yep. running those, I mean, you couldn't guard it, right? Can, you, know, can, like, you cannot guard a quarterback who throws it on time to a receiver who runs a, a route on time. There's no there's no defending that. You just try to hope that you sack the quarterback, or you're hoping for a drop or something like that. But there's no defending the perfectly placed pass. Perfect. And that, the hardest part of that is you knew that Tony G was open if Eddie was not. And Always. if if both of those were not empty, there's a hold. There's a flag in the background. There, right? There's a flag over there for defensive holding. Something yep. happened. Yeah. And we had Priest coming out of the backfield and Larry Johnson oh, and Larry Johnson. Oh yeah. my gosh! And then really the stacked, man. This team was stacked, right? One of the best offensive lines I think in the history of football. But well, another matchup. Uh, let's talk about the Rams versus the Lions. Rams are going to the Lions, and these are two teams that actually exchanged quarterbacks a few years ago, right? They, they switched each other's quarterbacks. Rams going to win a Super Bowl, right, with Matt Stafford. Obviously, that 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 trade worked out for them. Um, a lot of the contracts kind of, you know, it was time to start paying those, paying off all of those promissory notes off of a lot of their players, and they had to lose some of those players. 
Um, but the, the Rams have fought their way to get back into playoff contention um, using Matthew Stafford and who they got in return, the Detroit Lions. I mean, the coaches started talking about biting kneecaps and everything and started playing some really gritty defense and uh, running the ball with these two, this double-headed uh, rushing game with Gibbs and Montgomery. Uh, man, golf has gone to Detroit, and, I mean, he's made me a believer. If there's, if there's a Cinderella team and throughout the NFL that I thought that their season was a Cinderella season, going into the season it was the Detroit Lions. I just, I just thought it was something about how they played last year. It seemed like everybody was buying in. Everybody was buying in and just mental toughness, gritty. It's not about each game. It's just about having a certain mindset to go play hard-nosed, tough football. And they was going to just bully ball. They was going to just beat you up and just out physical from a physicality standpoint, um, just take it back old school. And I think they've been doing that uh, pretty much all season long. Um, and they got the re- receiver, uh, uh, St. Brown, uh, who's been oh, doing it legit. Right. Like oh, like man. all these guys who Laporta, I mean, people that we were, you know, players respect because we see the we see the detail in their work. And even though they're not being evaluated as a you know top 10 fantasy product, the numbers don't lie. Their pro the production of these players, Laporta, uh, Brown, um, Gibbs and Montgomery, you can put that, that that offense up against anybody in the league as far as production. And I think the Detroit Lions will come out being a, a winner. So. Uh, what do you think about that Rams and Detroit game? Yeah, I, I think that's going to be similar to the T.J. Watt in Pittsburgh with Laporta's. You know, he had a oh, yeah. he had a one of those deals where, hey, we got to we're trying to win the division here, win as many games as we can, see where we seed here, and so Laporta comes up with a, a, a hyper extension of that knee, and mm-hmm. I'm just hoping that they can keep that multi-dimensional offense going with him being healthy. Hopefully. Uh, that training staff is, is great up there. I, I've, I've seen that firsthand. I know you know what they're about, and hopefully they can get him back and healthy so we can watch what we've been watching all year out of Detroit. The interesting thing about Detroit is uh, the exe- executive player personnel guy up there, John Dorsey, very familiar with him, all, right. all of his drafts uh, in Kansas City, starting with Mahomes. You know, and building the current roster, which you see, which you still see a lot of guys, which Brett has really come in and even, you know, put that on steroids. And so mm-hmm. when I think of uh, John Dorsey, I think of the Cleveland Browns. He was a GM for Cleveland Browns, really built that roster deep. They're still seeing the fruits of that. And now in Detroit, you're seeing that that monster creeping up where it seems like they'd always, you know, they did, did the quarterback swap. Super Bowl, did they win many games at all? One, two? Zero, I can't remember, but it was it was not many. And all of a sudden, you see this uh, Dorsey kind of behind the scenes, along with all of uh, making the, all the guys in the war room making those decisions. It doesn't surprise me to see now the depth at every position. Yeah, and then the last but not least, the Eagles go. Who's you know for I mean it was one two seed. I mean pretty much the first half of the season, and then they went on a, a little bit of a slide. The Eagles wow. did. I mean, but the injury bug came and bit them very hard in the last few weeks. Uh, obviously, the, one of the biggest injuries was the dislocation of the throwing finger from uh, Jalen Hurts. But they got to go to Tampa. And uh, though the NFC South has been like the step redhead stepchild of the NFL, everybody was like, well, you know, it doesn't matter who wins the South, they're going to lose it. I don't know. I don't know if that's completely true with Mike Evans uh, and the receivers they have, uh, the running game under White. Baker has been playing. Like, like you say, 
Sometimes he wakes up and he feels a little dangerous. He wakes up and gets a little sc- kind of, he looks in the mirror and he's scared of who he sees because he knows that guy can do it. Um, and at, at, at the most crucial position, a home game. I mean, we looked across the NFC, all these games could be upsets, but what do you think about this Eagles versus Tampa matchup? Yeah. And, you know, beforehand, if I, you know, if you showed me that schedule six weeks ago, I would say, like, oh, man, you know, Philly's going to just absolutely drum through these playoffs and see who we have left in the AFC standing. You're going to see all the rugby, the rugby plays, you know, all the, all the stuff that push pushes and gosh, I didn't want to brotherly shows. Yeah. uh, Yeah. And, um, but now I see, you know, Baker Mayfield when I was in Cleveland, I was with him for five weeks and those guys really rally around him. He's one of the only ones in history, right? To have a perfect quarterback rating in Lambeau field. Um, early this year, like you said, when he when he wakes up feeling dangerous, I think that's when he those progressive commercials. He wakes up in the dang stadium, he feels a little bit dangerous. <laughs> and if he sleeps in that stadium the night before that game, I think that they can win. And yeah. um, I don't, I, I I know that Sirianni spent some time in Kansas City. I was good buddies with him back in his days under uh, Todd Haley here mm-hmm. in KC, and man, he's really done wonders up there in Philly, just right after uh, Doug. And uh, I think that's going to come down to, you know, whoever whoever makes the fewest mistakes will win. That's what we say at the University of Tennessee. We have those game maxims by General Nealon, and I think that's going to be huge. Another game maxim that we use is, says, protect our quarterbacks, protect our kickers, our quarterbacks, our lead in our ball game. The team that makes the fewest mistakes will win. Those, that thing is going to be the biggest deal of that game. Them leaving, they they they're one and four in the last five weeks, right? I, I know that you know they didn't play play a whole lot that last week, but I mean you you got to think that man, this is going to be a dogfight. Yeah, and, and the Eagles are just coming in cold. I mean, they, they, they had a you know, majority, you know, eighty five, ninety percent of the season was high. They was finding ways. Everybody was so worried about this one play. Is the league going to? outlaw this play because it was such a dominant play. It's not fair for one team only have to get about eight or nine yards because you know that anytime they wanted to, they can get this tush push for three yards. And unfortunately, football still is football. Like, you have to be able to have a complementary set of athletes play. You got to play offense, defense, and special teams. All three phases matter. And you just saw as the season went on and on and on, man, there was just, it was just something kind of falling apart at the seams with the Eagles. And I think that the, the the biggest loss for them going into the season was their two coordinators. Both of their coordinators took head coaching jobs, and I think the players, the I mean, the, the, the in in house guys, that stepped up to be uh, new OC, new defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. It might have just been a little bit too big of a bite, you know. You just have you heard the, the term of uh, drinking from a water hose, right? Drinking from a fire hydrant. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Don't you just word you can chew. Yeah, and I think going to an Eagles. You know, team that has so many uh, such high aspirations coming off of a Super Bowl. It was a loss, but you know, still being one of the hotter teams, I would say both of those uh, coordinators were kind of put in the hot seat automatically day one, and and the NFL just kind of eats you up. Once people got film of you, and we've seen your defense, we've seen your adjustments offensively, we realize you don't really have much outside of the tush push. I mean, there is no complimentary plays off of that. You just it is what it is. So if we can get you into third and three. Guess what? You can't run it. So uh, I think everybody just adjusted to what they were doing, and then they kind of 
went to the pantry. Like you said, it just they, they don't have any answers. And then the injury bug caught up with them, so it kind of puts them behind the eight ball when it comes to these playoffs. So yeah. it, it's tough. You got the, the the new coordinator issue. You got a you know, AJ Green. You hate seeing guys like on their backs, you know, gri- gripping for joints. You know what I'm saying? Like the knees, the ankles, like all of these you know, concussions. Like they've had to mix up everything. Um, I, I do think that Nick does a great job of dialing in. He he's he's he shared those big moments going deep into the playoffs, you know, and, and Super Bowls. And he, he is from a really, really healthy uh, family, you know, football family and family tree, guys that he spent time work with, whether that be at the war room of draft room and, and all that. It's, it's just going to come down as like, hey, players got to look around and say, hey, like, there's a difference between being hurt and injured. Yes, it is. I think that's the first mentality is, hey, if you're, you're you got to be available, you can't make the club in the tub. I remember Dick and Mike White, all those guys saying, old balls, old balls. And, and, and this is going to be true here. This is going to be a gut check. Playoffs are a gut check because yeah. when, after you get done with your run test and you make that first practice at training camp, that's the best your body feels all year for players on offense and defense and most all special teams guys. Man, this has been so, one of the most. This has been one of the most, man, football high level intellectual uh, episodes of the process. Hopefully, all of our listeners listening. I mean, so many nuggets of wisdom. Um, you talked about protecting the, protect the ball, protect your lead, protect your quarterback, and then uh, be mentally uh, checked in so you don't make a lot of uh, mental errors. Is the ball's way is kind of a mantra of how y'all win football games. I think that we can pretty much uh, apply that to every team across the league. And each game, if we use just those four or five keys to victory, I bet 90% of the time the winner will be the team that does that the least, you know, that makes the least, least amount of mistakes and does uh, protects their quarterback, protects the possession, uh, pr- protects the ball, um, and does those things. So, man, listen, at the end of the day, man, we know it's going to be a great weekend of football no matter who wins, who loses. Man, listen, we just want to – all we want to do is have one more point here in Kansas City, if we get one more point in the Miami Dolphins, we check it off as a win and move on to the next week. Uh, we never know who that opponent is going to be. Before we close the show, we're going to take a, a few moments just to talk about some things that me and Dustin, even though he's in Tennessee, we still collaborate on a lot of things here in Kansas City as far as the community, as far as service, uh, servicing our, our, our community. So first of all, Dustin, can you explain any of the things, that the aspects of uh, we have uh, the Hearts of Kansas City, which me and you call the Healing Monks. Because we're just so we're so peaceful minded, we're so intentional about our time and our efforts. Uh, but we have a lot of great organizations that, are, that have kind of collaborated to be a part of this organization that we call Hearts of Kansas City. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's something that uh, I, I'm very honored and love talking about the Healing Monks, Heart of Kansas City. Uh, we have uh, some some men and women on this board that really. Uh, want to s- service and throw their their heart and soul back in the Kansas City community because that's where we live, that's where we yeah. play, that's where we worship, that's where we socialize. And it's I heard an, an elder gentleman my first year in the league. I was at Sports Nuts across the George Brett Bridge from the stadium. Yes, um, he was just kind of like hey, telling me where everything was. I think I'd been there for like three or four weeks. Uh, of the season so far and I think Jared Allen and Boomer Grigsby were at this thing and the guy the guy goes let me tell you something about Kansas City and this all 
came to fruition. And it's very true. He said, the thing about Kansas City is if the weather was better, you'd have to build a fence to keep people out. Exactly. And the, the, the men and women that are on the Healing Monks, Heart of Kansas City, this board that Chase McAnally, maybe the brainchild in the beginning, he brought everybody in, which is Charlie Hustle, uh, KU, Go Vols. Um, and he brought us all together and he said, look, we all have a different skill set. Yeah. There's some things that I'm bad at that you're good at. And we went around the room, we introduced everybody. And he said, look, first and foremost, we're going to reach out and help others and in this community because there is a need. And when he said that, I was like, yes, I've already done a lot of stuff with you, Barbershop, you know, Team Smile, and you know, we could go on with which which a bunch of bunch of things that we do every year where that's it used to be shop with a jock, which I think you called shock with a shop with a jock strap on. And we had to we had to change it, you know, um in twenty It's called Shop with a Pro now. It's called Shop with a Pro now. Okay, so so uh, yeah, well wait. Shop with a yeah pro. Shop with a pro, not a shot with a pro now. No. No, sh- no, sh- no shot with a pro. It's shot with a pro. Um, the, I, the, the point is, is like Kansas City is a very philanthropic town. I know that, you know, Carl Peterson, when you signed your contract in Kansas City, he said, mm-hmm. you're going to, you're going to, you're signing up to do five appearances. And I bet you did 30, right? Yes. I always still Cause, do. Because it's contagious and everybody in town does it. I've never been, never been in a more giving town in Kansas City. And I got, it was awesome being 15 years there. I mean, you could step outside of an RV in Walmart, which I've done plenty of time in uh, Lee's Summit or Independence on my way to, to Knoxville, just getting up supplies before we hit the road down I-70. And right as you close the door, there's a guy right there like, hey, buddy, you need anything? I'm going in. Yes, yes. And I was like, I've got like five kids, two dogs, two cats in this thing. I don't know if you, and he goes, yeah, you're on your own, but like, I mean, everybody's just so nice there. They want to. They want to give back and they want to serve. They have a heart to serve there. Elaine monks, maybe. Midwest values, salt of the earth, man. This is anything but a flyover state. Kansas City is a beautiful area to raise your kids, and it's been a, a delight experiencing that with you as a teammate, as an alumni. Um, and we can we gonna continue to just to let our, our our friendship grow and foster and bloom into whatever it needs to be over the next few years, but. Man, I, I do love you, man. I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, again, man, that's my man Dustin Colquitt, former uh, Super Bowl champion, uh, former punter for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, but he is a mountain of a man. Uh, we appreciate you, man. That is the show for the day. This is the process where the process is always greater than what it produces. I'm your boy, Sean Barber. Thank you. Let's go, Chiefs. Have a great playoff and stay warm at Arrowhead. Here we go, boys. Let's go. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.